0: Welcome to the Freeman Void. I'm your host, Vic this the Void. That is, of course, if you're watching on Bitchute or YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, Mad World uh, or FMA Mad World, Free Man's Addendum Mad World, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Vic the Void. Today we're talking about the fact that Ukraine is currently ground zero for World Economic Forum operations. So I found this little article called Ukraine is Quietly Unveiling... Digital currency and a social credit system. So we all know, or at least if you're somebody who's aware of these uh, issues, that once digital currency and a social credit system becomes, uh, you know, standard rule of law within Western society or any country in general, uh, that is the the complete and total demise of all forms of freedom. While I do, realistically, I, I do believe that the, the concept of freedom that exists in the West right now is a bit of a, not a bit, is a major illusion and isn't exactly real. And the reason why it feels real is because they give you a, a choice of options between what you can choose for pleasure, not a choice or options for what you can choose as far as how you live your life. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not one of these liberal degenerates or leftist degenerates that believe it's okay for you to engage in degeneracy because you're living your best life. But um, I, I'm more focused on the rules of or exactly the grounds of moral values and traditional views. Now, nah, with that being with that being said, I'm not like these far right idiots who, who who believe in dogma and you know dogma beyond the point of moral route. Ra- Rationalization, should I say, the moral rationalization? Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you guys. If you're if you're doing something uh, that you know is in line with your dogma but goes against you know what is morally good or not or what is morally ah uh, yeah what is morally good, then my friend, you are the bad guy. I've said that said that a lot. But uh, yeah, back to the article about how Ukraine is becoming ground zero for the World Economic Forum. So the article. Starts off with this, Ukraine has been stealthily working hard on fulfilling all the boxes of the World Economic Forum or the World Economic Forum's w- uh, Great Reset Checklist, Digital Identity, Vaccination Passports, Universal ba- Basic Income, and a, sh- a Social Credit System in one. President Vladimir, that's a weird name, I'm probably spell- <laughs> pronouncing it wrong, but I know that's not Vladimir. But it's spelled V-O-L-O-D-Y-M-Y-R. That's weird. Anyway, I'm, I'm just going to say Zelensky uh, recently announced that he had legalized all cryptocurrency exchanges, national and, and international. The move came after millions of U.S. dollars in funds started flowing into the country after it began pondering or pandering for donations in early March. The country has already ab- absorbed more than $63 million in crypto donations, according to CNBC. The transition to state regulated cryptocurrency is yet another critical step Ukraine has taken in becoming the vanguard for the great reset, the socio-economic new world order inspired by the Chinese communist social credit system or model. So, I'm going to I'm going to pause right there. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes right here. So, right now, I believe Ukraine is nothing more than a puppet state. It's not a real country. The people are real, the people are very real. They definitely, definitely have real traditions. But the country of Ukraine, as a political system, as a structure, a governmental body, is a puppet state for the global elites. And Zelensky is again another puppet celebrity. You know, he he was literally a comedian and an actor who <laughs> starred in a in a show about what would happen if a comedian or an actor won uh, the presidency of Ukraine. And voila. He won the presidency. Um, he's basically one of those controlled oppositional uh, characters where they're portrayed in the media as, as pioneers against the global establishment because they're one of the uh, little guys. You know, he's just a little comedian. Of course, he's one of the people. But in, in reality, he's, <laughs> he's one with the global system. Now, this is not me supporting Russia. I do not support Russia. I know they're both bad Guys, they're both one with the chosen narrative and they're operating, um, you know, as, um, you know, they're they're operating from their own perspectives. They are operating with their own agenda agenda in mind. However, their own agenda still aligns with the overall greater uh, agenda that they need this war to become bigger than it realistically is, you know, and I'm talking more on a political line. They want to draw the rest of the world into this conflict. China needs it to happen because if China, if, if it does happen, China will have the right and the ability to take over, you know, Taiwan completely take over Hong Kong and the re- the rest of its south, uh, Eastern, uh, Asian neighbors. So, you know, that's, that's what you're looking at from the, at least the overall grand dollhouse agenda. You can tell, How much of a puppet Ukraine is by how obedient and how much help it gets from the establishment elites. Every one of the establishment elites are advocating on behalf of the Ukrainian struggle, of the Ukrainian, you know, underdog narrative. The fact that Ukraine is so willing to step into this Great Reset agenda is just... More evidence, you know, I mean, like no, no nation, no, no president. First of all, if Zelensky cared about his people, no president who really cared about his or her people would allow them to be subjected to a system that, you know, that the World Economic Forum is aiming for. And for all those, I know, I, I know, I put out a podcast episode a few weeks back about how cryptocurrency is not the savior it's portrayed to be. Uh, for all those who claimed it was, you're an idiot, <laughs> or not an idiot. You've been, you were bamboozled and tricked because cryptocurrency is literally the step into a digitalized uh, monetary system that can be controlled with a push of a button. So you take all, you get all your funds taken from you. If you speak out against the chosen narrative, you become the bad guy if you don't stand with the chosen narrative, you're just powerless if you allow the system to become to, you know, be be implemented uh, and given authority over you. Now, moving forward with the article, Now, the introduction of cryptocurrency into the state financial system goes hand in hand with the digital identity, vaccination passports, social credit scores, UBI and many other applications, which are all combined in the already operational D.I.I. app. The reason why I go so hard on the cryptocurrency nut jobs is that it didn't take me long to like see the possibility of governments seizing upon this new system like it didn't didn't make sense to me like why would governments allow such a major loophole to their authority and their you know governance over our (laughs) financial matters you know why would they why would they allow such a loophole to exist and not seize upon it and use it for their own benefit? you know it just didn't make sense to me and you see you're seeing it play out right now of course while i did see the possibility of a viral outbreak being a you know a real possibility you know when you consider all the movies because you know they they release bits you know information of their uh, agenda to you through their movies and so on and so on. And I noticed viral outbreaks have been a major theme in the the thriller genre or at least the apocalyptic uh, genre, the dystopian uh, genre where things change because of a virus. And, you know, the government now sees the complete undoing of traditional order um, as necessary to overcome this great viral outbreak. And with the fact that the control over, you know, cryptocurrency is being combined with vaccination passports and social credit scores, uh, you can see how how things are playing out just as we feared it would. So continuing onward with the article. It says the DII app allows Ukrainians to manage all of their nearly 50 government related paperwork services, such as paying taxes, fines, renewal or replacement of ID documents and redeeming their social benefits. So one of the reasons why they make it, you know, they get they're so effective at getting people to obey their new systems is because they make it very convenient. So how how awesome is it to have an app that allows you to store all of your government, you know, paperwork <laughs> in one location. That is pretty freaking cool. I'm not going to lie. You can pay your taxes with the app. You can, you know, handle fines, anything. That's that's pretty convenient. But they they want it to be convenient when their in- agenda is, you know, um is being pushed, but they make your while being an inconvenience. You know, they make pursuing your own well-being uh, completely, not completely, but really difficult and almost impossible. But not only are they making it convenient, they're also giving you uh, social credit points if you get the jab. So continuing on with the article, it goes, according to the government of Ukraine's website uh, on February 14th, just days before Russia began its special military operation, to denazify, I don't know what that word means, denazify, whatever, Ukraine, the epidemic, I can't pronounce that, program (laughs) launched on December 19, 2021, it's scheduled to last for a total of one year, expiring on December 18th, 2022. The program's stated goal was aimed at encouraging people to get vaccinated against COVID-19 and supporting those sectors of the economy that have suffered the most from quarantine restrictions. Ukrainian citizens, age 14 plus, were eligible to credit 1,000 I don't know what that word is. That's the equivalent of 34 USD dollars, approximately, to their account if they could prove to have been double-injected and were offered another 500 whatever for having accepted a booster. Wow. (laughs) You know, you see this. You know, the more you obey their system, the more benefits you get. It's nothing new here. You know, there's just nothing really new is happening. It's just them creating a status quo and giving you an incentive to follow it while making your life difficult by, you know, keeping you quarantined or barring you for going back to work, closing down your business if you don't follow their agenda. Nothing new here is happening. I wanted to talk about this topic because I want people to think, you know, hard before they label or accept the narrative that Ukraine is the underdog because Russia is just the big bad boy. I know Russia has been going through its own political uh, game or rivalry with the the West, and the West has transgressed against Russia, and the West has dismissed Russia's presence, you know, if that's the right word, as something that's insignificant. But if you're a Russian, you know, you're the second most powerful military in the world, are you going to accept to be Demonized and dismissed by the West or are you going to stand your ground and stand up the United States will do the exact same thing? All we're seeing is them trying to divide the masses and it's another world war one all over again I will always say this again and again well in world war one the Germans were actually the good guys not world war two Certainly no, but in world war one. They were the good guys I'm not saying that Germany wasn't committing genocide or or being cruel to their colonies that they had around the world no what i am saying though is that as far as the narrative is concerned the true narrative the war in europe germany was in fact a good guy during world war one the west just wanted germany under its control and just like the West wants Russia under its control, and they're using Ukraine to justify a war with Russia. With that being said, I'm going to close down this topic, and I'm going to get into something that I really want to discuss, and I've been wanting to discuss for a while now, and that is the the demise of the Western moral code, or I should say the Western conscience. Now, in the West... You and and I can say around the world, but around the world, their morality, you know, in certain areas of the world. I know in areas like I think Nepal or you know one of those weird. I don't. I don't want to say weird. I'm sorry if, I, if I'm insulting you, but I know in a lot of those. Indian-like, I shouldn't say Indian-like either, because I know not every one of them are Indian, but you know what I mean, you know, they're, they, they sound Indian because we don't know much about them, so we just think they're Indian, but I know a lot, in a lot of those countries, things like prostitution aren't really that much of a big deal, it's just accepted as part of the culture, or so on, and, and so around the world, a lot of immoral acts are kind of like the norm, you know, so, so I guess that's, so I guess they've already been compromised on a, on a moral playing ground um, right from the beginning. But in the West, you know, things were, you know, pretty reasonable as far as morality was concerned. You know, there was always a right and a wrong. And people understood when they were transgressing against what was right and when they were doing what was wrong. But now in the modern world, at least in the modern Western world, more and more people are subscribing to the narrative that uh, morality is relative and is not important. And what is right and wrong is entirely up to the individual's personal philosophy, basically a do what thy wilt kind of vibe in the Western world. You see this, obviously, in the world of relationships and sex, where more and more people are treating sexual intercourse as just something you, sh- you can do when, <laughs> in reality, there are grave psychological consequences that, you know... Uh, happen or are inflicted or a person will go through if they just go around having sex with everybody they see because sex is just something you do like no women who have a lot of sex with dudes have have, find it very difficult to pair bond with their husband when they do get married and men who have a lot of sex with other with women you know other women tend to view women more as objects and things they can use now men by nature do typically view women as kind of uh as kind of a bit of... As kind of like objects, but it's not like in the sense that you're the same as a chair more as in you're an asset That is very important to me and I need to protect you or some kind of thing like that It's not it's not objectifying completely, but it's more as I'm identifying what is important important in my life And that is my woman now I'm not giving men the moral high ground if that's if that's what you think I'm doing No, but what I'm saying is when you're going around having sex with whatever everybody you see you lose a piece of your and that is a product of a lack of education and guidance, at least in the world of morality. Older people are afraid of teaching younger people because they... they there's this whole idea that the young are going to have time to be young, dumb, and stupid. When, in, when That doesn't really make sense as far as, or at least when you look at all of history. Because, yes, historically speaking, people have always had the opportunity to get the idiot side of them out of their system when they're younger. But you're expected to progress into a more serious and morally conscious uh, adult with each learning experience you go through. The thing is, young people aren't learning from these experiences. Instead, they view these negative experiences as anomalies that don't usually happen when they literally are a product of these exact same things actions like a girl who gets used by a guy for sex and then gets dumped will cry you know she'll cry like oh he only used me for sex well yeah the first thing he saw when he looked at you was the fact that your ass cheeks were hanging out of your shorts and your titties were hanging out of your shirt what do you think what do you want him to think of you like that you're a a wife your wifey material no he wanted sex because that's what that's what you were selling through the through the way you were dressed sure it, it wasn't right for him to assume that about you but ladies your uniform I know Dave Chappelle had a had a skit about this or at least I think on one of his uh stand-up shows a while back like it's something about your uniform like if you or was it was it Chris Rock I don't know one of those two you know it, it was like if if you saw a man dressed as a police officer and you needed help you're gonna go to him Right. You're going to go to him for help. But then turns out he's just dressing up as a police officer to dress up as a police officer. You know, like what you wear in public sends off a message to those around you about what your personality is. And if you're out here dressed like a whore, (laughs) people are going to people are going to use you as a whore. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to control the way people dress, but you need to understand if you want a certain reaction in, you know, from society, you need to dress or act the part. And the same thing can be said to men who flaunt their money around. Of course, the girl that you married is divorcing you and taking your money because that's literally the entire point of your existence or your identity. You know, you made your money a critical aspect of your identity. So, of course, you're going to attract gold diggers who want that money. Moving on from the world of relationships, even in like, you know, the pursuit of economic stability. You know, there's this idea that you have to chase the bag, chase the bag at all costs. But, you know, chasing the bag can lead you to doing very bad things to other people or things that affect the lives of other people very negatively. But you're doing it because you just want to be rich. If you if you're screwing other people over to be rich, you're an asshole. You know, you're not, don't, don't sit here and pretend you're, you know, like some hardworking man. No, I'm not saying bad things don't happen by, from people just pursuing their own best interests. Sure. In life, there will be losers. Many people will lose out on success or at least the particular ty- uh, style of success of success they're going for. Yes. However, if you're actively going out of your way. To negatively influence the lives of other people, so that you can make a profit, you are a bad guy. You doing something that isn't objectively evil, that you're not screwing people over, yet by by you being the best you are, someone else loses out on that opportunity. That's that's not you being evil. That's just uh, life and fate choosing its winners. For example, people glorify drug dealers, whether it's, you know, modern rap culture or, you know, Southern America drug kingpin style. They're glorified as hardworking men. Listen, drugs destroy the lives of billions of people a year. Or actually, I don't know, about a year, probably over like the course of (laughs) like a few years or so. But the crack epidemic quite literally crippled whole American cities. You know, it destroyed whole American cities and turned them from, you know, hardworking inner city people to drug addicts who just love doing drugs. If you're selling crack cocaine to the pregnant woman, um, and then claiming that it's her fault because she's doing the smoking, sure, it's, it's she has a major part to play in the negativity or the evil that is the process of selling drugs, but you, my friend, are the one who's selling the poison. You, my friend, are the one who makes it available. You are the bad guy in this situation. She's just the idiot. She's just the degenerate, but you are the bad guy. Vice versa with rappers or rock stars who glorify, you know, negative and degenerate acts and then claim it's the parent's responsibility to draw the kid in and keep the kid from doing bad things. Come on. Come on, guys. That's a cop out. First, if you're talking about rap specifically, the hood is known for the hood is the hood. The ghetto is the ghetto because there's an extreme lack of positive role models in the ghetto, you know, because parents are either working slave jobs you know like slave hour jobs or they're crack addicts they're drug addicts you know so if if a kid is a son of a uh crackhead mother and a dad who works 18 hours a day as a fucking janitor um he's not around his parents to be a positive role model but he turns on his music and his songs and all Lil Baby or Rick Ross is saying is, I got rich from selling drugs. I got rich from pimping hoes. I got rich from being a crip or a gangster. Like, okay, <laughs> what, is he gonna, what is he going to do? Is thats is that 13-year-old kid whose parents aren't around to guide him, whose mother is addicted to, to crack, is that 13-year-old kid magically going to wake up and think, wow, I need to get my life together. I need to stay in school. Or is he going to do what his idols, the people he listens to constantly, are telling him to do, like sell drugs and behave like a criminal, and that will make you successful? Vice versa, in the rock and roll uh, area, while the majority of consumers of rock and roll may be white, you know, middle class or upper class uh, teenagers or so, that doesn't mean they're not prone to being negatively influenced or controlled by negative influences. Matter of fact, it creates an entirely different dichotomy where these Wealthy middle class or at least these upper middle class to wealthy class white kids uh, who haven't faced any real negative consequences in their life don't see the importance of resisting negative influences because they think, hey, life is easy. Life is fun. You know, I woke woke up or I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I was born with success and life is easy. If I just continue having fun and going with the flow, I'm going to be successful like my dad. So these kids, uh, you know, get hooked on the party life. They get hooked on the drug life, the partying everyday life, thinking that, you know, they can just snap their fingers and become rich and successful like their parents were only to find out that they're now 30 Unsuccessful losers who still live with their parents and have no idea what to do with their lives because they spent their entire younger years partying and doing drugs and being young, wild, and free. Again, I'm not pretending that I have some moral higher ground or some superior um, ability to be morally pure. No, I am a sinful degenerate like yourself. You know, I'm working hard to be better but you know i'm prone to bad things but i recognize that about myself and the problem with the majority of the younger population in the west is that we are incapable of recognizing that we are going haywire at least as far as morality is concerned so i'm going to put a pause on that topic specifically if you want to learn more about the uh moral corruption of society check out my book societal evolution journey to the dollhouse Aside from that, ladies and gentlemen, I will be doing a part two on the uh, demise of the moral conscience of the West. But again, if you want to learn more about the moral corruption of society, check out my book, Societal Evolution, Journey to the Dollhouse. Aside from that, stay loyal, stay focused. Not stayed focused. Stay focused. And of course, God bless.